It was the dawn of the podcast age, 12 years before the Earth pandemic. A dream was given form, a place where science fiction and fantasy readers could work out their differences peacefully. Our last best hope for a good read. The name of the podcast is Sword and Laser. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support. everyone. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. But not exactly like you, because every one of you is amazing in your own special Almost way. like some kind of AI representation of you. <laughs> That's not really you, but pretty close. But they all are inexplicably younger versions of you. But just age you down an extra 20-odd years yeah. or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the like The algorithms that. know best. <laughs> they want me to be younger. I don't want to be younger. I like how I am. <laughs> Stop it, algorithm. Quit age shaming us. <sighs> anyway, uh, speaking of being old, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> uh, are you drink- Do you have an answer? Because there's no answer in the doc. I can I make am, up an answer. I started... I'm drinking some like cheap local BC wine, red wine that I yeah. can buy in like a, a one liter bottle, I, like the big 1.5 liter bottles. I had some red wine yesterday, so I'm just going to delete that from the show notes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. We'll just skip that part this week. <laughs> no big deal. Um, but how is, how is, I mean, it's very, it's. Uh, oh, it's so it's, cold in LA. It's 52. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't have my my I don't have my weather on right do you, now. Do, um, do you do your ter- temperature in Celsius now? I do. It's negative mm-hmm. eight right negative now. Negative eight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is that like in the low twenties? I think it's in the mid to low twenties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. It's interesting. I accidentally did the switch over right correctly, rather, which is everyone told me like don't try to do the conversion in your mind. Just start to use the other system Mm -hmm. and eventually you'll just acclimate to it pretty quickly. And that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. So now I can, I know like what it feels like in all the temperature ranges, but I don't know how to convert them. Right. Right. But so so you have an idea of like, well, that feels a lot like what twenties used to feel like. So it's probably, yeah. 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 Honestly, I I know that zero is 32. Right. So I, that's like what I know. So I know it's broadly, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, in the range and a hundred is boiling, which is like two seventy or whatever in Fahrenheit. But yeah, I, I never do the, the, um, I never do the conversion either. I just mm-hmm. know that, like you said, zero is 32 and that 30 is like in the nineties, you know, getting, getting up there towards hundreds in the forties. Yeah. And, and so I just kind of triangulate from that. My perfect zone is like 20. Yeah. For like being indoors. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, that's all I know. All right. Well, anyway, uh, I could talk, I could do a whole podcast on things I've had to learn to do as an American living in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Might be pretty funny, actually. Yeah, that's a good idea. But should we jump into the quick burns? Let's do it. Paul says it's the most wonderful time of the year. The time all the news publications, magazines, and websites release their best books lists. And the Washington Post list is by Charlie Jane Anders. So you know it's worth perusing. 
Top of the list is Babel, or The Necessity of Violence, an arcane history of the Oxford Translators Revolution by R.F. Kuang. I feel like it's going to be on a lot of these lists. I'm reading it now and loving it. Uh, And then JKB added that Book Riot has its 42 of the best fantasy novels from the last 10 years up as well. This is a great list, but I I have to say I'm really noticing a a lot of very strong design trends, which is normal in in fiction in general. Um, But if you look at the covers of, like, for example, The World We Make... Oh, you the look at the Washington inside. Post list. Okay, gotcha. Yes, cartog the cartographers, they're all very similar. And then you look at the 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 story of the hundred promises, and then you look at the unbalancing, mm-hmm. and those mm-hmm. two look very similar too. And then the women could fly looks very similar to one of the first books on the list, uh-huh. A Prayer for the Crown Shy. It's so interesting to look at yeah. the cover because I rarely look at covers because I, I broadly do things, you know, in digital format. Um, there's a very clear uh, album art style happening in romance fiction right now mm-hmm. um, where it's I, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like a, a colorful, uh, car- not cartoony, but um, I don't know what to call it. I'll have to I'll have to point to some examples, but it's it's really interesting. And they don't look like romance books at all, but they're oh. all like super sexy, steamy books. <laughs> And it's very misleading. And they just have like beach read. Right. Yeah. And they just have like a cartoon bear on the front going, howdy kids. It's usually people. It's usually, I don't want to say, it's not like, like a cartoony people. It's, it's pretty funny. I'm just imagining it being like, you know, the cartoons from cereal boxes, like making it look really kid friendly. And you're like, wait, no, it's a romance book. Don't do that. That's weird. That got weird. Yeah, for sure. But this is, these are different styles. I'm just noticing a a trend. Not cartoony. Not cartoony at all. No. Pretty cool. Am I doing? Did you you did JKB right? I did. did you, yes, that was you all. Rolled into that's that? why there's okay. no space between those two because we rolled them I all see. together. Thank you, JKB, okay. who is listening. So be careful. Nice. Louis says uh, Locust Magazine is running an Indiegogo campaign for funding. There are 20 days left. Uh, let's click in and see how it's going so far. Well, there were 20 days left when they posted that. There's 14 days left now. 14 as days we're now. This. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to see like what their different. Uh, what they're if they have different levels i think um, they've hit their main goal it looks like they're on a flexible cool. goal um well that might not be right it might just be a flexible goal but they're 68 percent to the to the flexible goal of seventy five thousand. no that's the main goal help us raise seventy five thousand dollars to ensure the future of locust magazine so 14 days left they're 68 percent there that's good from what i know of of these kinds of crowdfunding campaigns you get most of your support at the very beginning and the very end. Uh, so mm-hmm, if you're 68 percent mm-hmm. of the way, pretty and good. You're 14 days left, then you're probably going to make it. But why mess around with chance? Help Locust Magazine out. Go support them now. Don't let them live in that stressful yeah, like yeah. <laughs> last week of we're not going to make it. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Mark notes Rivers of London, the role-playing game, was released this week by Chaosium. Players take on the roles of newly recruited members of the London Metropolitan Police Service's special magic branch, a.k.a. The Folly, to solve mysteries, catch criminals, and come to grips with the Demimond, those who have been irreversibly changed by magic. Uh, And then threw in a picture of some familiar PC portraits yeah uh, yeah npc portraits non-player character portraits you can see uh peter grant you can see molly 
some familiar familiar names Michael from the, the first novel that we read. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very cool. I'm Doctor. not looking uh, too deep in because I don't want it to actually like give me spoilers. For oh, that's books. a good point. I should probably stop this <laughs> scroll <laughs> right now. Probably stop. But that's cool. That sounds like a fun one. Yeah. Good to stuff. Do. Yeah. I like that. Shamanad says Robin McKinley has just been announced as the 39th SFWA Grand Master. Congratulations. Woo! Yeah, uh, there was a great discussion in our Discord about Robin McKinley uh, and the kinds of books they write uh, and and how Robin is perceived sometimes as young adult, which I think is fairly accurate, but doesn't mean they're kitty books in any mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. In fact, some people are like, I'm not sure that one's young adult. Uh, so very cool. And uh, some people suggested maybe a future sword pick. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. yeah, this this little note here on the blog post says Robin McKinley is one of the leading writers of the modern fairy tale retelling genre. And indeed, her debut Beauty, a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, could be said to have started the fairy tale retelling trend. She is also celebrated for her original fantasy novels. Her 1982 book, The Blue Sword, received the Newbery Honor, and its 1984 prequel, The Hero and the Crown, was awarded the Newbery Medal. Uh, School Library Journal said her work has impacted not just the Newbery canon, but the fantasy genre, too. And her 1985 anthology Imaginary Lands won the World Fantasy Award, and Water, the 2002 collection she co-wrote with Peter Dickinson, was later nominated as well. Mm, That's great. Um, I would love that. I love fantasy. I I love retellings. Yeah, Yeah, I I love that kind of stuff. I remember stocking beauty in the bookstore that I worked at in Austin. Uh, and, and thinking, man, I, that looks interesting. I should read that one day. Maybe I'll start a podcast. Maybe something (laughs) will be calling podcast will be invented. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's one of those ones I've always been curious about, uh, and never, never read. So it would be great. If we pick that. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Terp Kristen wrote, I don't remember if I posted this before. BBC is doing a radio play slash podcast of The Dark is Rising by Susan Cooper. It will start on December 20th and run for 12 days. Uh, I'm not terribly familiar with the book, uh, but I do love a good uh, audio play based on uh, a book. So uh, I'm I'm in. This is cool. Awesome. Yeah, I got to I got to do more of those. I, I always enjoy them when I listen to them and I just never, never think to download them. So maybe that'll be a good one to get started with. I just did Space 1969, which is if you're, one? if you're an Audible member, it's included mm-hmm. with your subscription. So you don't have to waste a credit on it. Well, it wouldn't be a waste, but you don't have to spend a credit on it. Uh, and it's it's got uh, Natasha Leone in it. Ooh. And the idea is that it's it's a science fiction story, but it's like a ra- it's like a radio play and it's set in a world where John F Kennedy was not assassinated. The assassination attempt failed and Kennedy stays president uh and they colonize the moon. Richard <laughs> Nixon never becomes president. He's a lawyer in New York who's <laughs> who's a character in the story. Uh and they all, you know, they do JFK impersonations, they do Nixon impersonations, but it's all taking place in the 60s. So it's got very 60s vibes, but you're in space. It's it's amazing. And Natasha Leone is amazing. Oh yeah, she's fantastic. I would I would I I feel like I'd really enjoy that and I do. I am an Audible subscriber. Yeah. So maybe I should pick that up. Indeed, you should. 
All right. Count Zero Or says, in translated Japanese fantasy novels, get audiobooks news. You know, we have so many to choose from, I mean, in terms of stories that we've been selecting. So you're lucky you made this one in. It really must stand out. Uh, The first novel in the Slayer series currently, that was sarcastic. I'm sorry. I I don't know if that came across. I just realized how sarcastic that was. It was dripping. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't meant to be like like, mean sarcastic. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I, you know, I had this side note, side quest here yeah. for a second. <laughs> Pause. I, I came to this, or someone told me recently, no, it wasn't recently. It was like two or three years ago that my sarcasm is so dry that they never know when I'm being sarcastic <laughs> or not. And I had no idea that I was not like being this obvious is, enough. Yeah. No, this is, is one of the things me? I've always admired about you is uh, you, you, you have to, you have to know the context to know if you're kidding. Like my mom does not at all understand when I'm being sarcastic oh, that's or I think, yeah. yeah. And so I, I, and my friends too. And so I think that's, I had no idea. I was, I don't want to say that good because it's I don't know skill. if that's a good treat no, it's to have. A good, yeah. A good, call it good. Like I very think. dry. Yeah. Okay. Use it, use it for good, but it, use yeah. it for good. <laughs> All right. Well, I was not trying to be mean sarcastic. I was trying to be like, this is funny because this is extremely niche. All right. Anyhow, uh, the first novel in the Slayer series currently being distributed by J Novel Club has received an audiobook release through the usual places, Audible, Kobo, etc. The series previously received the televised animated adaptation in 1995 and the English dub actress for the voice of protagonist Lena Inverse, Lisa Ortiz, is reading the audiobook. Uh, as an extreme, uh, sorry, as an interesting historical note, Jane Novel Club's release, translated by Elizabeth Ellis, is the second time the novels came out in the U.S. In the early '90s, Tokyo Pop translated some of the novels with localization by Kelly Sue DeConnick. Yes, that Kelly Sue DeConnick. All right, thank you, Count Zero Or. That's good stuff, and stuff we would not have known about without you. Uh, we have a real to- We have a real time correction. From Count Zero Or, who says late 90s, not the early aughts, the nope. late 90s. You said early 90s. And there, well, it says. And I it did? says early aughts, which is what you just said. So, Count Zero Or, is it late 90s or early aughts? Because you wrote early aughts. No, he wrote early, early, early aughts. And he's, yeah. he, but he's saying in the chat now, late 90s. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I was just saying. Yeah. You wrote early but, aughts, but now you're saying it was late 90s. So now I'm confused. But I, oh, I was. Wait, oh, it's early aughts. It is early aughts. Okay. You said early 90s <laughs> by mistake. And I was, I was like, oh, I did. <laughs> should I correct Veronica or just let it pass? But oh, so he was, correcting was like, me. I'm not letting it pass. <laughs> He was correcting me. Yeah. I thought he was correcting himself. Okay. We're, we're good now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. My... Good. That's all cleared up. We all uh, got thrown off so by each other. Count. It's early fine. zeros is when mm-hmm. it came out. <laughs> the old dub dub. Yeah. Uh, Trike says on October 31st, a federal judge ruled against the merging of Penguin Random House and Simon and Schuster, saying that it would substantially lessen competition in publishing. So that whole shebang is not going to happen. It's done done. Yeah. Here's here's what's going to happen. Same thing that happened when <laughs> AT&T tried to buy T-Mobile. T-Mobile just ended up buying Sprint. So one of these mm. two is just going to end up buying something else. That's my guess. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Um, you don't have yawn. to read this whole thing. I think you just read the, the first sentence and then we'll cherry pick from the list. 
Okay. Jan says Amazon has released their list of best books of 2022. The 20 best books in the science fiction and fantasy category are takes deep breath, go on to read the next 20. There's a lot of them. I, I, I thought you were just going to be like, forget it. I'm just going to do it. Let's go. F it, Tom. I think, yeah. you know, I think I can actually pronounce all these. So maybe I should just go for it. All right. Go Let's for see it. how fast I can go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Fairy Tale by Stephen King, The Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel, The Atlas Six by Olive Blake, The Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi, The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich, The Daughter of the Moon Goddess by Sue Linton, Book of Night by Holly Black, The Starless Crown by James Rollins, Other Birds by Sarah Addison Allen, How High We Go in the Dark by Sequoia Nagamatsu, Babel or the Necessity of Violence and Arcane History of the Oxford Translators Revolution by R.F. Kuang, When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill, All the Seas of the World by Guy Gavriel Kay. Spells for Forgetting, a novel by Adrian Young, The Book Eaters by Sun Yi Dean, The Memory Librarian by Janelle Monet, Siren Queen by Niveau, The, the Final Strife by Saria El Arafi, and The Mountain by the Sea by Ray Nodler, and The Lost Metal by Brandon Sanderson. By the I think way. I meant to say Sara El Arifi. I just wanted to make sure I nailed that (laughs) (laughs) I had that at the ready, just in case. (laughs) Uh, That was amazing. And, and uh, so many of these we've, we've discussed a couple of them we've read. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. My mouth was fooling with spit. It was hard to read that fast because you started getting. That was incredible. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our uh, quick burns. Thank you to everybody who submitted stories as usual. And you can do so by either submitting them over on our Discord channel or in Goodreads in our quick burns thread. And now it is time (laughs) for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Now I can't talk anymore. I spent all my talking. I'm just done. Joseph, I I, I got you. I got you. Okay, Uh, thank you. Joseph says, as far as a source for forthcoming books, remember uh, we had someone asking about like, hey, could you make a page with forthcoming books? And I was saying how hard it was uh, to track them down. We got some great suggestions for where you can go track them down. Oh, nice. Um, This doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to spend the time checking (laughs) these and you'll see why in a second. But uh, Mm -hmm. Joseph said, as far as one source is, Locust Mag dot com slash forthcoming books. It looks like it hasn't been updated in a couple of months, but still mm-hmm. lists titles out to March of 2023. Of course, for the full fat version, you'd want to subscribe to Locust Magazine itself. Uh, this is great for you if you're like, I just want to see what's coming out. Uh, it was these kinds of things were bad for me when I was trying to keep it up to date because they would sometimes be wrong. And then I would mm-hmm. translate their wrongness onto my list without realizing it. And then people would say, Hey, that's wrong. And then I'd have to go back and correct it. Um, because it's, it hasn't been updated since March of 2023. So, and what happens is it was correct when they made it in March, but then publishers change dates sometimes. And if they haven't updated it, that then they didn't get the new date on there. So beware of that too, but that's a good one. Excellent. Excellent. I got uh, I got a little distracted because uh, JKB recommended a show title and uh, it's disturbing mm. vaguely. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I wonder what Mid Journey's going to come up with for that. Or a mouthful of spit, putting it in our our title section just in case, you know. So we. So don't I was going to go. So yeah, I was going to go play around and uh, see if I could start generating some ideas here. Were you going to go separate- f around and find out? I was going to go F around and find out. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Well, while you do that, we have more recommendations for forthcoming books. Joanna uh, said that Locust started doing weekly roundups of new science fiction, fantasy, and horror books on YouTube. Uh, Again, Mm. I wouldn't want to use that to compile a list because then I'd have to scrub through the videos. But for someone just wanting to watch, that's great. Go to YouTube.com slash C slash Locust Magazine. Tor.com does monthly compilations of upcoming books at Tor.com slash tag slash new dash releases. That sounds promising because Tor is good at this mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And if it's monthly, then it's not going to necessarily go out of date. Would it, would it only be Tor releases, though, I would imagine? No, they they do other – they do like – it's part of Tor's like we're just going to cover the whole space situation. Um, so I'm assuming – you know what? I should double check this. But I'm assuming it wouldn't just be Tor releases. Uh, yeah, because it says new young adult science fiction and fantasy coming November 2020. Oh, Alex Brown does these for them. Uh, so that's great. And, and we know we, there's a, a person in, in charge of these that, that knows what they're doing. Uh, yeah, this is Spark Press, Crown Books. So yeah, that's all of them. Uh, Very cool. Joanna continues. For long-term planning, I use goodreads.com slash new underscore releases. It gives you a list of books of authors you have on your shelves So no new discoveries from there, but it definitely helps you keep up with series. Minor inconvenience is that if you read one book from a prolific author, they will haunt your list forever, even (laughs) if you did not like that book very much. Uh, To not get lost with all this, I created an exclusive shelf on Goodreads for all the upcoming books. And when sorted by publication date, it gives me a clear view of what to look for in bookstores and libraries. That's a great tip. Thank you, Joanna. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, I like that, but like, be careful if you've liked any Brandon Sanderson, you know, what I'm right? Saying? Or Stephen King, or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just gonna, they're just gonna keep on coming. Totally, or Scalzi for that matter. Yeah, yeah we, we know to- a few. Yep, we know yep, a few. Yep. Uh, Rob says, uh, my wife Amy Fredericks is a true sword and laser fan. Hello, Hi, I've Amy. enjoyed listening when she's behind the wheel taking us places. Um, I've always had fun coming up with names for things and making logos when I've done designs. So I racked my brain thinking of anything that relates to both types of weaponry. I might think of something better in time, but at the moment, I think I have something that at least makes sense. Wielders. Both swords and laser pistols can be wielded, Mm -hmm. and it's a concise word. It's not the sexiest or punchiest sounding word, but maybe it'll inspire further thought to carry us over the finish line. And of course, if you like it, how it stands, I won't complain. Thanks, guys. Oh, thanks, Rob. (laughs) Uh, So we we have almost settled on shield, uh, Mm -hmm. but I do like, but wield... It's kind of, you know, it's right in there. Wielders, wielding your, your laser, wielding your, your sword. Would it, <laughs> would it it's become a more of a mouthful? I was going to say, would it, it sounds great when you're saying it slow, but if mm-hmm. you have to say it a lot, does it become welders? <laughs> wielders, 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 wielders. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You start or to, wielders. you start to, you have to get your flame torch out. I want to say like wilders. Like it wilders. makes me want to say like that's kind of wilders. Cool. Like that's just kind of cool. The wilders. Yeah. Or wieners. <laughs> <laughs> so wild nerds. Ooh. Wild um, nerds. Well, uh Ooh, that's a good that's a good show title. The wild, wild nerds. nerds. <laughs> Where the wild nerds are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm replacing mouthful of spit with wild nerds. Uh well, let's 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 float that one out there. It's not, it's a good one, Rob. Thank you for this. Wielders or shields? Mm-hmm. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Everyone, everyone who's listening to my voice right now, feedback at swordandlaser.com or and I go like in the, the Discord. Idea. 
I just have to say, I really like the idea that that Rob's wife, Amy, is going to be listening to this show and being like, hey, my <laughs> husband wrote in. That's so nice. Yeah, that is nice. I, I, That's I, nice. I like that they're, you, y'all are great. Thanks, Rob and Amy. Amy and All Rob. of y'all, but especially you two tonight. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's talk about our book picks. So as usual, we will kick off um, our next month's pick, and then we will do a spoilery wrap-up of our previous month's pick. Um, so Tom, do you, I, I mean, I guess I picked this. <laughs> you did. But you did, but you did the book briefing. So do you have anything Correct. you want to share there? Uh, so you picked Elric of Melnibide by Michael Moorcock. Uh, perfectly reasonable, a classic, uh, began, uh, the, the Elric, uh, world that Moorcock continues to write in. Uh, it's considered, uh, to be, you know, one of the, one of the great franchises out there. And, uh, and if you're buying the pocket size paperback, it, it causes no confusion <laughs> whatsoever because you, you just pick up the one that says Elric of Melnibone on it. And and then you buy that one, and it's 171 pages, and you're reading the right book. However, I have tra- the 700 page version <laughs> in trade paperback, hardback, audiobook, uh, and ebook. It's bundled in <laughs> with other Moorcock books in, like you said, a 700 page or in the audiobook's case, 24 hour long audiobook. Uh, and so we, we we went round and round and round in the Discord. Uh, I think we have figured it out uh, that it is sold as a bundle, uh, but we are just reading the first book in the bundle. And that first book is called El- Elric of Melnibone. The bundle may also be called Elric of Melnibone. But if you see Fortress of the Pearl uh, or Sailors on the Seas of Fate in the table of contents of your copy of the print audiobook ebook or otherwise we aren't going to cover those go ahead and read them if you're enjoying yourself plow on through um mm-hmm. but but the book pick is just the first one elric of melnibene all right thank you and and how by the way did you figure out how to pronounce that by the by way by listening to the audiobook <laughs> got it okay that was <laughs> because my, they say my guess melnibene a lot so i got really i got a lot of practice at, a lot of exposure it, yeah it. yeah yeah, uh, it is it. spelled Melnibone. If anyone Melnibone. is Melnibone, <laughs> yeah, well, with the like accent, accent. glove at the end, yeah, yeah. But Melnibone, uh, uh, yeah, but they say it Melnibone in the uh, in the audiobook. and uh, this this came about because you were having a conversation in Discord about what to pick for December, and I think it was Count Zero Orr uh, who said we haven't done any of the Elric novels. They have got audiobooks now. Licorice seconded that. Uh, and, uh, that's where we should have known. Licorice said Elric of Melnibone. It's kind of three novellas in a novel. (laughs) Don't let that confuse you because it is three novellas in the novel that is also bundled with two other novels. (laughs) (laughs) So is the, is the first novel or novella too short on its own? I think. It's one of those situations that used to be very common in in the mid 20th century where I, and this part I know is Moorcock started by doing a lot of short stories and wrote a lot of Elric sh- short stories. Uh, Moorcock was born in 1939. Uh, he won the Nebula Award for the novella Behold the Man in 1967. And then Eric Elric of Melnibone was published in 1972. So I think it was taking novella ideas about Elric 
that he had been writing and then turning them into a novel Mm-hmm. meant that there are like three parts that are essentially novellas that are probably reworked that I didn't research, but, um, there is a lot of prequel and postquel content out there, which is, I think why they do these bundles and stuff to kind of help make sure, you know, like these, this is, this is a good order to read them in. Um, but yeah, we, we're, we're reading the one that begins where Elric is, reigning in Meldimide. If that's where your, yes. your, your story starts, then you're in the right place. Yes. Okay. I am in the right place. I have started <laughs> my own book correctly, which is great. Uh, um, yeah. So cool. there we go. Uh, and, and it's classic fantasy. So I, I already know this is going to be divisive because it's going to feel cliche to a lot of people but you have to remember it was written in 1972 when not all of this stuff had become cliche, right? Moorcock is, he's not the first to do all the things. Some of the things he's doing are very Tolkien-esque, but he's doing them at a time when there haven't been any other Tolkien's uh, yet. There's no George R. R. Martin. Uh, And, and so he's, he's doing his own spin on that classic fantasy novel when it's still in its, maybe not infancy, but I don't know, teenage years, toddlerhood, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. Um, and maybe because I'm just ready to get some back to some classic sci-fi stuff, you know? I mean, I'm sorry, fantasy stuff. I'm I'm approaching it as like a a, a kind of relaxing back into to a comforting. I'm I'm not gonna there's no grim dark coming. Uh there's probably not a whole lot of twists. I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. We got swords, we got sorcery, we got, uh, villains that are villains and good folks who are good folks. And, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna Elric take me away. We did get, we did get like, we did toy with the idea of not doing a book for December because of the holidays and just like, so I think this is good that it's short free read. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just a, a good time. It, to like, you know what? I hadn't even thought about that. It's good that it's short with the option to be long. Like if you mm-hmm, need mm-hmm. to fill some hours, you've got those other two books you can roll right into if you want. So Totes. yeah, yeah. I like that. All right. Well, let's wrap up our spoilery thoughts on Six Wakes by Mer Lafferty. Um, available on Bookshop and Amazon. And did you listen to the audiobook for this one or did you? I did. Uh, uh, I did? did such a good job reading it. It was so, it was so fun uh, to, to hear Mer Lafferty reading her own book and doing, doing such a fantastic job. Uh, I loved this story. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it on a gradient. Like I, I thought it was good at the beginning and I just enjoyed it more, more and more and more as it went along. I enjoyed it at the beginning and liked it less and less as it went on. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, we were on we were on opposite gradients. Yes, we were on different in different places with this one a little bit, which I think is okay. Um, and I yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into the reasons why. Um, so let's let's jump into some of the discussions. Um, this one was from John Taloni, um, who says, I read the first 5% or so. And what this first is the waking up thing, which was supposed to be verboten for an opening story. Uh, okay. Altered carbon did it well, but let's not make this a new trope on account of one book flouting convention and doing it well. And there's says, a list of who says that. I, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't know. No, you can, you can totally have opinions uh, too, you know? 
Um, then there's the first, uh, the list of rules for clones. So either the opener is totally setting up a fight between young clones who don't want to die versus their older counterparts, or it'll be an unfired Chekhov's gun. Well, that and the gore. Not a fan of that. I know others are, so at least gets a pass from me. I wonder how the author will recover from this Quincet marketing material. And I see the book was nominated for the Hugo and the Nebula. Well, then, brushes off. <laughs> Let's see what the rest of the book has in store. <laughs> but then... Um, he came back and and kind of like went on with like the kind of descriptions. I'm trying to find the the spoilery post because um, there was like a much longer. OK, there yeah, it's it pretty long. <laughs> yeah. So there is a, a post and, and basically it seems like his opinion uh, just didn't didn't love it. Primarily, it seems for the science reasons. Um, but. I think it's important actually to like talk about this a little bit because it does give um, the past. All right. It says the not so good was the past of each character wasn't introduced organically into the story. I mean, it's more like it's so-and-so's turn. Here's the background. Okay. And each one got awake. And then there's that's pun awake, like the celebration of life for a dead person. And all six woke up in the cloning bay. But as a storytelling device, here's the background got kind of old for his opinions. Oh, and then just okay. like not loving the See, the science in that, it as well. That, that's a ta- the the background thing is a taste thing because mm. I liked it. I like that kind of ring. Well, it's not exactly ring storytelling, but I I like that that sort of like we'll we'll let you know what's happening with the, with these characters as we go along. In fact, it's it's yeah. funny uh Star Trek um uh oh what's the animated one on nickelodeon they just did that they just did this exact thing where they did an episode where they do some backstories even though you already know these characters it's in season two mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. korean dramas do that a lot where it's like you know you're into episode six and they do a little flashback to give you the origin mm-hmm. i like that because it's like a mystery where you've been wondering about the backstory and it finally gives you an answer yeah. uh but yeah, I could see if that's not your thing or you're like, you know what? I, I want it to be woven in earlier. I want to know where these people come from. So I get to know them, especially if you're valuing character uh, mm-hmm. over over plot. Uh, that's going to bug you. I, 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 I get I get that because even though it's good character development, it's not optimal character development. Well, I'll just I'll just kind of tell you like what did it for me or what did not do it for me. Um, I liked I really liked the opening. I loved the mystery setup of it. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's cool. Like, how are we going to find out what happened here? But my problem, honestly, was the characters. Like, I just I I couldn't get behind any of them. Like, I didn't find any of them likable. I guess, and maybe you don't need to find all characters likable, but I wasn't like even Maria. Like, I wasn't especially rooting for. Her. Um. Actually, Wolfgang was probably my favorite character in the story. Hmm. Um, Interesting. But like Katrina, I thought was super annoying. I thought Hero was like, okay, but like not as sympathetic as I think she was trying to make him. Um, And then Wolfgang, you know, came off like a real ass. But, you know, I actually felt like he had somewhat of like a soft spot that came out in his his kind of relationship with um, what was the doctor's name? Julie, Juliana, Julie, something like that. I'm sorry. I can't remember it right off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I had, I had just had a really hard time kind of getting into the characters. And so I didn't really care what happened to them that much. Um, and then I just found the whole, the, the, the Sally as the kind of nemesis as the, as the antagonist, 
Like, I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand the motivation. I didn't understand the reasoning. I didn't understand why she was doing what they were doing. JKB in the, in the thread says, I thought that was the point that they were horrible people. I don't think they were horrible people. I think like Maria wasn't a horrible person. Kara wasn't a horrible person. He was a victim. Uh, Wolfgang, yeah, maybe he was a horrible person, but I don't think at his core, I think he was just like really led astray. Like that's like saying everyone in a cult like is a horrible person by <laughs> Dane of their person. Well, but like, they're, they're all not horrible criminals. People. Just, they're all supposed to be criminals. criminals, but that doesn't make them horrible people. And the frame, the frame device was to make you think they were horrible people and then slowly reveal their backstories. Joanna, thank you. So yeah. that you would, uh, Oh, Joanna, thank you. Uh, that's the doctor S- slowly reveal their backstories so that you would understand, Oh, they're not horrible people. This is why they are in this situation. This is what led them to that. And I, I liked that. I liked that way mm-hmm. of doing it. The reason I like that is I like plot and that is using character as plot. You seem to be pr- prioritizing character above that. And mm-hmm. again, just like, uh, uh, John, um, you're saying I didn't, I like character and this character development is not quite up to where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is a good example of that four, four priority way of looking at it, explaining why both of us could, could look at the same book and have different reactions to it. I agree with you. I'm just laughing because the way you stated it, you were like, I like plot. You like characters. Like I don't like plot. <laughs> No, like, right. I don't care about the and, plot of the book. And honestly, it's not, and it's also like vice versa. It's not like I don't care about characters, right? Right. right. Uh, it's that all of us have a priority system, and every book is going to do all four of that those things on a different level. Uh, some books do all four amazing, and those win Pulitzers. Uh, some books do all four of them awfully, and those never get published. <laughs> and then in the middle are the things you know most of us read, where they do some of them better than others, and where they match up with our tastes and our tolerance levels. I think that's the other thing too. It's like it's not as simple as like or don't like, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's like each one of us has a spectrum where we're like, if the plot's pretty good. I'm okay with it. If it's very good, then I'm more okay with it. Oh, but character, it better be really good because if it's not, I'm not going to enjoy the story. And I'm not saying that's you, but I'm just saying like it helps explain to me why we have these different reactions. And it's not about whether the book was good or not. It's about mm-hmm. what the book was good at and what yeah. we like. And did they entertain us in the way we like? Yeah. And Mantissa in the thread is saying, like, since you can't kill people, how do you get revenge? This is Sally's revenge. And yeah, I I understand that that's the point. I just don't understand why she wanted. I mean, is she just that hateful that like she just wanted to get revenge on everyone who had ever wronged her in some way? Yeah. Like, it seems like she's doing pretty well for herself. So she's just a psychopath, essentially. I mean, yes. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And and. Could that character trait have been developed more? I think that's fair. That's fair. You mm-hmm. could have spent more time on it, but it would have been at the expense of other parts of the story that I enjoyed. So I was fine being like, Sally, just mean. Okay, got it. Fine. Now give me more yeah. of that mystery. Well, give me that sweet mystery plot. <laughs> I did like how the mystery came together. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I was the, the uh, twist about Ian was pretty surprising. I yeah, found that, that was surprising. great. That was good. That was good. Um, and the food printer, 
um, was kind of a, was a little out of left field. I guess I should have seen that coming. That was a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, mm, I don't know if that's really how it's going to work. But like suddenly it just felt a little bit like that convenient. Felt, that was the <laughs> only time in the book where I'm like, this feels like a shortcut where we're just yeah. going to like wave our hand at the setting. That would be a, I would consider that a world building or a setting item where we're just going to be like, uh, it just works. It just prints those things. They just did it. It's fine. Don't think too yeah. hard about it. Yeah. And we didn't really get into like the, I guess we're supposed to make the same leap that we kind of make in like altered carbon and other types of consciousness shifting books where you basically get a clone and what was it? Pandora's, that was the other one, right? Pandora that we Star. recently read Pandora star. Um, and the, that whole series of books and yeah, Judas the difference Unchained here is you're always only supposed to be put in your own body, um, right. by the rules and, yeah. um, and that, yeah, that's I not get, true in, in Judas, in, in Alter, Pandora's star and Alter Alter Carbon. Carbon. Yeah. Either one. Yeah. 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 So there's like a moral thing going on, uh, which is an interesting way of, of looking at this. And, and the, 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 the other thing is, is that, and this is not different than Pandora star or Alter Carbon, but you, you can lose part of your memory. Right. So, so I mm-hmm. think, I think the story makes good use of that world building element of, you know, Maria has big chunks of experience that she'll never remember because they cut her off without a backup and then just put her back where she was in your, her restore point, basically. I mean, that is kind of, I'm sure that has, has, has to have happened in other stories before, but that's not a big conceit in, in those other two books that we've read. It's more of a conceit in Pandora's star than it is in altered carbon. Uh, in altered carbon, can... it's usually like it, it, it's the crux of the mystery in altered carbon. Frankly, right? It's like, oh, duh, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> but but it's also not. <laughs> Never mind. The uncommonness of it in altered carbon is what makes it the crux of the mystery, right? That rarely yeah. that kind of thing is not supposed to be able to happen in Pandora's Star. Uh, it it's I guess it's also the crux of another kind of mystery, isn't it? Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway, um, so that was that was fine, um. Yeah, I feel I always feel bad when I don't like love a book, like especially when it's an, an author that's kind of in our sphere. But, yeah, but that's why that you know. that four part way of looking at it makes me feel better about it because you're not critiquing the 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 author or even the story. Uh, it's it's just like saying, oh, uh, that's grape jelly. I don't like grape. Mm-hmm. The jelly is probably awesome. Yeah. No, I I and it was well written. And I did like the mystery and yeah, for sure. Um, it just, I, so, I wish. So good on, good on writing, uh, good on plot, uh, but the character, not to your, not to your liking. Yes. Yeah. I think that's yeah. fair. And the world building was really good too. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I would have liked to know, like, was this the first ship of its kind? Did, did they mention that? Could have was had this more. Like the very first one. It felt like this is like, you know what there, we want to just leave a lot of world off the page. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and maybe there's more to explore. Yeah. in in future books. Okay. All right. Well, thank you everyone. I, we had other conversation threads, but I feel like we kind of wrapped it up pretty well about all the things I wanted to say. So I'll link to them in the show notes. And okay. If you want to go dive in a little bit more on those, um, 
But yeah, thanks to everyone who read along with us and and discussed it over on our various discussion channels. Um, And thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, Our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. You can send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And our super fun Discord. Come on in and have some real-time discussions with the rest of the crew. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!